This episode for Journey of A&R is brought to you by FaithfullyAmazingBeauty.com. You all know that we think self-care is important. Well, check out Faithfully Amazing Beauty's natural organic skincare products. Their bestseller is the body and face scrub made with fresh, natural, organic fruits and veggies such as blueberries, strawberries, pineapple, and my favorite, carrot. I love using their body and face scrub because my skin feels smooth and it's glowing. And for me, that's important because I have sensitive skin and there's no irritation. Well, to get your body and face scrub, check out faithfullyamazingbeauty.com. Use the code NEW10, that's N-E-1-0, for 10% off your first order and be fab. Welcome to another episode for Journey of ANR. I'm Armin. I'm Rochelle. And this episode, we wanted to talk about access versus ownership in terms of subscription, renting versus actual ownership. So we've been looking at a trend, like if you all know, I'm pretty sure some of you have subscription to Netflix, Amazon Prime. Disney Plus, some of us lease cars, rent apartments, lease houses, lease phones, you know, all all types of stuff. So there are conveniences in which leasing something or subscribing to something brings us. For example, with Netflix and Amazon Prime or other video-based systems, we have access to everything, right? But in actuality, we don't have ownership to anything. Should we be banned on that, we no longer have access to it. Or even in terms like iTunes, like the, well, not iTunes, but in terms of the Apple store, like when you buy, or even Android, when I buy an app, if I'm no longer have access to the Apple store or the place, Google Play store, do I actually own that app that I paid for? Or am I subscribing? Did I pay to just have access until Google, as long as I have a Google account, a Google Play account? So these are the things that we wanted to talk about. So, and then the other thing part that we wanted to cover also was the fact that is it beneficial for us in the long run to actually physically own something or is it that it's better to just have access to everything which is not necessarily under our control? What do you think about that? Um. I actually think that I feel like I plead the fifth in this one, <laughs> depending on what what it is. Sometimes, like you know, sometimes we would want to own it, and then other times we would want to just be subscribed to it. Um, I feel like as of late, most people prefer to just subscribe to certain things. Um, 
like you mentioned, um, there was like this, there's this, um, there's this actor who had, um, subscribe, well, like, well, subscribe in a way, or at the time when Apple music was iTunes, or is it still iTunes? I have an Apple phone. I should know better. But anyway, at the time when, like, you know, you can go onto iTunes and buy your your music. And there's this actor that went on, on Facebook that kind of like went viral into, because he was so mad at Apple because in the past he purchased music and a bunch of collection of music that he likes. And when he got the new phones and the new apps and he updated and all these things and he got, and he realized he couldn't access them. So when he called customer service, they were like, well, in order for you to have access to those music, you need to apply for Apple music. And in order for you to have access to Apple music, you have to pay either $9.99 if you're doing a family plan or $14.99 or something like that, if you're doing a family plan. Um, and if you're a student, I think it's like $4.99, something like that. And then it's like, I already paid for my music. I should still have access to my music. Why do I have to pay you in order to listen to music that I already own? So it's like, sometimes I think that the people get us into those things. And as the sucker that I am, I feel like I'm in the same boat as that guy certain things that you're like, okay, I'm just going to buy it because it's convenient. And then you ended up realizing that if you change company or if you change phone, sometimes you no longer have those things. So personally, I felt like that's why I'm like, uh, I plead the fifth because I'm like, I'm always going to fall for that trap because sometimes I do feel like, okay, I'm just going to own certain things because I need that. And that's a constant thing in my life. But certain things I'm like, well, it makes so much sense to just subscribe for this and just have it around, very accessible, whether it's on my phone, on my laptop, on my iPad, like whatever it is. Um, more, I guess things that are less tangible for me, I feel like it's easier for me to subscribe for them. And then things that I constantly need I mean, I don't know. Like, this is this is hard. Like, I'm even thinking about, like, example, books. I remember at a certain time, I needed to have books all the time. I'll go to Barnes and & Noble's and buy books because I'm like, I need to read. And I love, well, I love reading, but I'm like, I need to read. So I had to have paper books and all these things. And then now I'm like, nah, it's okay. But in reality, though, are the books for me? If I stop, if I stop using that platforms, are the books really for me or are they for that company? So, so I mean, I guess that question makes you really, really think about that. Those two things, like ownership and subscription. Do you own things by subscribing to certain things, or is it like I'm just giving it to you until you log out? of the system or until you no longer have access to it. I guess, I guess that's something that's worth thinking about. Um, for sure. Like, have you ever had something that you feel like you 
you own or you had and you felt like you in a puzzle or even you had to debate before even you subscribe for something you're like am I owning it or like you know like have you ever had those debates because I feel like sometimes I do have that well I limit what I subscribe to because I I started seeing that I was like okay we don't really go to the movies anymore. I think the first thing that got me was Netflix. I was like, fine, I will get Netflix because there were all these shows I wanted to watch. So I signed up for Netflix. Then somehow, not somehow, but eventually I got Amazon Prime because it was one show. I really just wanted to see, right? But... After a while, I was like, now I'm like Disney Plus, this, that. I'm like, I'm not subscribing to everybody's, everybody's not going to have access to me. I need to limit who has access to me. And it has to be something like, even now when I think about it, I was like, okay, how often do I watch Amazon Prime? like with Amazon um, videos or whatever. I was like, if I didn't order things on Amazon, I probably wouldn't have it because I'm, I watch Netflix a lot more than I would say I would watch Amazon. Usually it's like, oh, I have no idea what to watch on Netflix. Let me see what Amazon has. So, and then the other thing that gets me is I, I used to love, I used to always want like phones. Phones were my things, but I'm team Android. So... <laughs> I always wanted nice Android phones. But then I started thinking about it. Like that happened to me. There were apps like I would buy, I'd be playing or like it would be a game or something. And then they'll up it. Oh, it's no longer compatible. And then I started saying, wait, what do you mean it's no longer compatible? I paid for this thing. Or if I could download it, it wouldn't work the same way again because it's not compatible. Like let's say I bought like a book or an app for whatever reason and that frustrated me. And then I started thinking about it. Why am I buying even like the, like the thing that got me was when I think I wanted a new phone and then I saw the word lease. I was like, lease I am not least listing leasing I'm not leasing a phone I'll lease a car a house an apartment but I am not leasing a phone that was like the cutoff for me I was like okay this is just moving and it's just getting crazy I should not have to lease a phone and I already don't like contracts like I don't I the once prepaid post I that was like the best thing ever I don't like contracts I don't like the fact that I'm committed to this company and if you piss me off I can't do anything I'm stuck with you for the next however months especially because that happened to me and I I don't know I prefer to own the smaller amount of things that I want to own then really have access to everything anywhere because for a simple fact, like I have access to Netflix, but Netflix has so many things and all it really does is, oh, what should I watch? Oh, what is Netflix suggesting? 
oh, I don't like the millions of things they're suggesting because that just, I, I can't even make a choice because there are too many things. And then I'm not trying to stay, um, watch Netflix all day, all night. It's like, oh, okay, these all sound interesting, but uh, I have a hard choice to make. I'll go watch something else. So I feel like, okay, and I'm not an indecisive person. So that's like, okay, that's just too many things. So to me, it's a balance. I usually tend to watch things it's like someone recommended or I, I'm like, okay, it pulls to me. But majority of the things like even Netflix or Amazon say, oh, you would like this. I'm like, I don't like any of the majority of these things. So, and it could probably be also because I don't use them that much. So the platform doesn't really know me, which I prefer. I don't want them. I prefer they don't know me or so to me, I feel like certain things, yes, they're good for subscriptions, but we should definitely limit. Like I don't see myself leasing a phone because I'm just like, I, I don't know. I just don't, I feel like that's not something I want to lease. Would I lease a car? Probably it depends. Um, but then again, I prefer, I don't have car payments. Thank you, Jesus, at the moment. And I would prefer it that way for as long as possible. I don't necessarily want to lease a car unless I would have to. A house, renting a house and renting an apartment, I feel like that those are necessities. But I've, but the ultimate thing to me is that the mon- like the value of these items do not stay with you. They stay with the owner. So that's the thing for me. It's like at the end of whatever your leasing contract is, whatever it is you have, I don't know how it works for phones, but I know you don't own the car. You don't, you have a chance to buy the car, but you don't own the car. You don't own the uh, apartment, the house or whatever it is. So to me, that's the thing. And And actually I don't own anything on Netflix because I just have access to their stuff. So that to me is just the issue is I feel like you gain, you invested, but you ultimately don't get any, like somebody else gains from monetarily from the whole transaction. Um, I would say I agree with that, but at the same time, I somewhat, like none of the, well, I don't agree with part of it in the sense that, like, I feel like, Yes, some people do benefit from it, depending on what it is, like if it's a house. But I feel like a lot of people, it's more about convenience. Some people do stuff because that's all they can afford to do. Um, Some people do it because maybe that's a start from them. Like if you think about renting an apartment, like maybe that's the first step that they can do in terms of before they start owning a house or like, or maybe that's all they can do, right? Um, but I felt like at the same times when you, like I know people who lease phone and for them it's like easier than financing a phone. Not because they just feel like they don't want to go through the whole, okay, after two years of payment, I'm going to own a phone. They don't, they actually don't want to own the phone. They want to be able to switch co- contract. Like it's like I lease it for a period of time. The new phone's gonna come up, and I'm just gonna get the new phone. 
they feel like it's more manageable. Um, personally, like I've never leased a phone. Like usually I always like, I feel like I finance the phone. Like I do it for a period of time. And then if I'm ready to change, then I change. Once I'm done paying, the phone stays for me. So if afterwards, like I'm like, okay, I want to keep that phone or I want to give it to somebody else, then I can always, like I'm free to do so. Um, When I think about the leasing sometimes, I'm like, okay, so like the headache of keeping multiple phones. So let's say right now I have an iPhone and then I already I'm done paying it. And then next time I'm like, Oh, I want this new phone. So I'm like, but I'm going to have a phone sitting here collecting dust. Like I have to find somebody to give it to or something like that, which is not a bad thing. Cause there's some people that there's like, you know, there's a lot of people that I know that definitely would use it would be happy to use it but it's just I'm like nah, maybe I don't need to right um if I can keep my phone like I have a friend of mine I know who has an iPhone I want to say an iPhone 4 and and when I look at it I'm like it looks weird to me I'm like oh that thing looks so small but then again like, you know, she got all the updates that she needs. Like, it's all current and all of that. And I'm like, but to me, it's like, it looks so alien to me. I'm like, it looks so tiny. I bet you at that time when that phone came out, it was like the, such a big deal. But it's like, now I'm looking at it. I'm like, I don't think I would be able to do that. I feel like I don't have to stay current to everything that's happening. But I have to be at least closer to, like, maybe like, two years or three years or from from the from the next one that's coming out it's like I can bear that but 10 years like if I if if I see somebody that has the iPhone 3 or the first iPhone and still using it I'm gonna be mind blown like it's like how did you how do you do it like how do you how do you do it it's like even the galaxy one like I'm like I don't know how you do it but anyway but the point that I'm making is like some people do it not because they I feel like ownership comes with a lot of responsibilities that a lot of people feel like they can't um they can't afford to do they can't afford to have like um I know a lot of people who struggles with they would prefer to rent a house I mean rent an apartment because they feel like if they were to buy a house it will come with so much responsibilities. I know people who own houses and they're like, I wish I was back to renting because I can't handle this. It's just too much. And I felt it's just a slippery slope for some people when it comes to owning. Um, Personally, I lease a car. I'm not saying that. Well, I now lease a car. When I first got my car, it was finance because I was like, I'm going to buy a car and it's going to be new and then I'm going to pay for it. And then after that, when I'm done paying, the car's going to stay for me and I'm going to be good. Then after like three years, I'm like, no, nope, I can't do it. Like the I could foresee the amount of problem that's going to come with it, the amount of baggage that's going to come with it. I'm like, no, I'm just going to lease it. Whenever there's a headache, I bring it to you. You take care of it. And I don't have to have, I, I'm going to, it's just a stress free for me to know that whatever problem the car has, 
I'm going to bring it back to the dealership. They figure it out. They take care of it. And then for me, I just wash my hand and keep it moving. So it's like a hustle that I don't have to deal with personally, I feel like. But then again, a lot of people don't feel the same way. Like not too long ago, one of my friend's husband asked me, why, did, why didn't you buy a car? Like the amount of money that you could have saved would have been amazing instead of keep paying the dealership. I'm like, yeah, you're right. But I'm stress-free. Like for you, I know not too long ago you had to deal with the shenanigan of, you know, the bill that comes with your car being in trouble. And for me, I know when it comes to money, I usually remove myself from that. And I'm like, I'm just not going to deal with it. So, yeah, that's why I'm like, it depends. It depends on the person's situation. Some people might feel like it's easier. Some people, it might not work that way. I mean, yes, I do agree that in terms of owning a house and renting, that's that's situational and depends on the person and how it afford, how the person can afford it. If those are situational for each person, it depends on your finances and everything. But one of the themes that I got from what you were saying was the fact that, you know, it's easier to lease or subscribe to something because it relieves you of the headaches, which you would have to deal with, which is like additional responsibilities that come with that. That it's like, oh, I don't want to deal with that responsibility. You can deal with that. Like for me, like I was in, I guess you can call it an accident or whatever, and I had to fix my car, but it was just like, okay, I fix it, whatever. And I I don't think even regardless if in that situation, I felt like the... um me leasing my car wouldn't have changed it because I still would have had to have some part of the contract would have still been mine. But being that I own the car or whatever, I did what I did. And I don't know, I felt like, okay, yes, I went through the process and I got like reimbursed for it. So it was just like, okay, I didn't feel that way. But as far as owning a apartment, yes, I do agree. Again, it owning a house and stuff like that, that's subscription but I'm not talking about in terms of individual really what I'm saying is that it's being convenience is being our convenience is being monetized to us and it's like the new business and I'm not sure but I don't know I'm not sure we're all aware of it so my thing is is it really worth it in the end to really just keep you know, sending your money to someone really because you have access, but in the end you have no product to hold in your hand. So that's the ultimate thing. Like I'm talking about the way that we're going. It's kind of like how I watched this movie called Repo Man where people lease body parts. <laughs> it was so my thing is though I'm like okay maybe you know when I say art imitate life life imitate art so this movie is like at least a good five years old or more and I just think that are we soon going to be renting body parts for sure I mean people are having surgeries with the blood sure. implants for I mean sure. with the boobs uh, I think people get want knee 
some sort of knee thing to make them taller or whatever? Are we going to be leasing hearts, lungs, you know, legs, arms, and stuff like that? And I can't imagine leasing, I wear glasses. I can't imagine leasing my glasses, or even let's just say they did eye transplant and I lease my eyes and all of a sudden the payment's due and I can't afford to pay it. So now somebody comes and take my eyes out or take my glasses away. Uh, Lucky for me, I can still see, but (laughs) it's just, that's what I'm saying. It's like the trend. It's like we're sending our money. I see it like this transaction of you sending your money away and you going to work, send your money away just so you can have access to something to keep your life convenient. But I also see the thing about it, though, is that in that we feel that we live more of a luxurious life, luxurious life, then maybe we can really afford. I mean, yes, it's nice. Maybe you can't take your kids to the movies every other Saturday because obviously I don't know why, but the movies are just overpriced. Like, and yeah, Netflix is good. You can just pop, um, you know, pick a movie or whatever. But I feel like there are also lots of free activities in the community where you can go with your kids. So again, is convenience worth you going to work to get a paycheck so you can live a life giving somebody else your money? That's just how I see it. Somewhat. Um, I think at the end, I think, well, at least for me, the bottom line is more like priorities. It's like, it's not even about the other person. It's more a priority. It's like, is it a priority for me to have this? Is it a priority for me to own this or to have this or to lease this? Um, I don't necessarily remember the last time I went to the movies, but I do know any movies that come out, I'm going to watch it one way or another. Um, there are so many different platforms available and a lot of them has different price. A lot of them has different ways that you can watch it. Like I'm looking at right now how, you know, Warner's Brothers now, all their movies, they make sure it comes out on HBO. If you're not a fan of HBO, there's one reason for me not to go to the movies. I just make sure if the movie's on something that I like. I Going back to subscription, there are many subscriptions that I'm not interested in having, but there are a lot that I'm interested in having. And when I think about it, I actually don't have... Um, like a like a company box in my house. Like I don't have a an Optimum box or a Verizon. Fast. I have internet, but I don't have an Optimum. But because I realize I'm like, I know I'm not gonna sit down and watch 150 channels. I know that's not gonna happen. I'm not a fan of sports. I'm not a fan of a lot of do- documentaries. I watch some, but not all of them. I'm not a fan of all type of movies. I'm not going to watch 100 to 200 like channels. That's not going to happen. So therefore, if getting s- specific services from specific specific like um, platform 
that can provide me with what I actually need, then yes, I'll subscribe to that because it just gives me exactly what I need. And I think that's where they get people to. It's like they target you to make sure that, you know, if that's what you need, then that's what I'm going to provide. Since you don't want to pay all that money, then you just do this. You just get that. Um, you you talk about reform, and it's so funny because I talk about that movie all the time. It is such a good movie, and I hate it at the same time. I was so mad at the end. Like I'm like, I'm like, I'm confused at the end. But at the end of it, I'm like. You in in the, the craziest part in that movie is that Jude Law works so hard for the system, which shows you how bad the system is. I'm like, that's a side conversation. But you know, you work so hard for the system, like like it makes me think about like people who works and get pension and all of that, and you still can't afford to buy yourself something else that you might need, and then you ended up owning like owing them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's such a good movie, but it can piss you off. At least I know I got mad at the end. So, like, anyway. But going back, it's like, of course, I, that's there's no doubt about it. Like, when you think about black markets, people talking about the black markets, harvesting organs, or you're thinking about um, hospital who can't afford to have transplant because the list is too long. At some point, if there's a lot of transplant, or at some point where they can maybe create some sort of a mechanical organs that can work the same way as yours, of course they're going to lease it. Like, it's sad to say, but our medical system, I mean, I'm going to focus on that in this one, but our medical system is a business. You don't have the money, you don't get what you need. So if they find a way to get you what you need in an easier way, and it's like, okay, your insurance can pay for it, or you can pay out of pocket or you can lease it. Like, you know, you pay this amount all the time. And because we want to live, we will do what need was needed to be done. And sometimes the commercial gets the best of us. You know, they, they make sure they target us. Like it's like, you know, this new phone is coming out and it can go all the thing a computer can do. So, you know, just get the phone and, you know, suckers like myself. It's like, you know what? I need that phone. Like, I really need that phone. But in reality, it's like, do I? Maybe I do. I don't know. Who knows? But like when you own the phone at the end of it, if you finance it, when you own the phone at the end of it, it's like, did you? I'm sure like whatever you, the same thing you were doing to that, you were doing it to the other ones. Like, um, it, it's just this whole ownership can get you to think. Like I know for sure if I have, if I have children, I definitely want to own a car because I feel like it's more important to have something like to own a car. If I'm building a family, this there are certain things that I feel like it's important to own. But as a young person living by myself, I'm I'm just enjoying life. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy it the way that I want to enjoy it. And if subscribing and leasing for the time being, not. But I think that that's not 
taking away from my own dream of owning things. So I think owning is important. Owning a house is important or having a space that you call your own, where you know that at the end of it, it's just for you. Um, but you have to be smart about that. Like, you know, like making sure that you can afford to making sure that you have a safety plan in case things doesn't work out for you that you can still afford to own that place. And also making sure that you're building roots for your own family, whatever it is, whatever that's going to look like, you know? Um, but I guess my, my next question is like, what, what do you think is when it comes to ownership, how do you think people nowadays or maybe people in your environment and your surrounding are seeing ownership? Well, for me, I would have to say as far as the latest phone thing, I got only the latest gadgets or whatever. I think that I was always told like, you know, especially as I got older, I started really listening and applying it. It's more like, when you're buying things, always think about what exactly are you gaining from it. So if I buy a shirt, I buy the shirt to go to work, the shirt when I go to work, whatever, I get money, whatever. But it's more like, are you just buying things for the sake of buying things? Because, you know, you see this new style. Oh, I must change my whole wardrobe. It's more like, no, plan your wardrobe accordingly. Do you need, do you buy the... This phone with, for example, do you buy Apple phone just because you buy Android? Do you buy the status phone because it came out or because you need a new phone? Your phone can't do what it used to do. The operating system, it's like process the things you're buying and why. How is it applicable to your life? Like, I think I only got a new phone recently because my other phone, the screen cracked and that just bothers me. Personally, because it's like, oh, I'm not cutting my finger. But other than that, I would have still have my old phone. I was okay with my phone being three years old. I don't care if my phone is 50 years old. My phone can be as old as I am. Like for seriously, one of my cousin actually has a boot, a pair of boots that's almost the same age as I am. A pair of winter boots. And it's kind of like, it's more about quality Instead of just buying things for the sake of buying things, buy things that's going to last you. And one of the things is always ownership, especially ownership, like own a piece of property, own something that's going to bring you value in the future. And if you think about it, even with the housing right now, it says something to you when all the banks are running to buy individual houses or even townhouses. Um, when I say individual, I mean single family houses, townhouses, when in actuality, the banks are usually foreclosure. We don't want to be bothered. Somebody else is headache. So to me, when I guess you say corporations, big businesses are so keen on owning everything and you having accessing access only to it, that like there's a light bulb that goes in my head that says, OK, there's something going on here and that's just my thing it's more like process while you're buying things and all of that but the other thing that I find funny is the fact that this sort of subscription 
uh, economy is called the sharing economy. But however, right, if you were to, for example, with Netflix, they're having this thing where, because, you know, you can use take your username and give it to however many people, like on certain devices or whatever, right? So now it's like, oh, if I went to your house and I put in my username and then later on you use it at your IP and I use it or something to that effect, they're going to start tracking how many IP addresses use it so they can limit you. So if you only pay for like two people, I think, um, or four people, so only four different people can actually watch it, right? Because they're trying to eliminate you paying for that service and having more than the amount that you said. And that right there also says, it's like, okay, well, we need more people. If you want to watch Netflix, your cousin, your sister, your friend, your mother, your father, nope, you you each need to have your own, um, how you call it, subscription. Why? Especially if we all live in the same house. Why? And it's more of a, it's way of showing us that we're all commodities anyway. And we need to just consume more. And it's like you're always talking about capitalism. And if you think about it, there always has to be a profit. So they have to increase their consumer, their, the number of consumers who are subscribing. And I think it's interesting that they call it the sharing community. But in reality, when people used to share music, you know, they used to be like, I think it's like friends to friends, whatever it used to be called on like things like LimeWire, Napster, that was actually illegal, but we're calling it the sharing community, like somehow it's a friendly thing. Like it's actually, yes, you guys are sharing this space together. You're sharing your access together. Um, you, But we're not sharing. It's, I don't know, to me, it's, it's interesting the terms that we use that we call the sharing economy as opposed to, no, it's the access economy. You have access, but I'm not, it's not like I'm sharing, it's like I bought a CD, ooh, that's old school, or an MP3, and I said, oh, let me share this with Rachel. Oh, I can't share it because... If I was to actually try to, I can't, some of them you, you pay for it, you can download it. Like, for example, I bought a, I want to see the documentary. Uh, it was like $3.99, whatever. I was like, oh, it's $3.99. I bought it on um, Amazon Prime. I'm like, how the hell do I own this? After I bought it, I was like, why did I just press buy? I don't own this. If Amazon Prime says I cannot access their um, platform tomorrow, if Amazon says I can't access their platform tomorrow, I'm sorry, this did not, this digital file did not download into my computer. So I technically do not own it unless somehow your platform is actually going to allow me to always access this, right? What happens if you purge it from your platform? So it comes to this also on our own devices. What does it mean to buy? Because when you go to the store, you buy a shirt, you come home with the shirt. But if I buy something digitally, do I, oh, how, like, how do I, how do we make sure we actually have permanent access to that thing forever? 
if I'm not downloading physically to myself. Like an ebook, usually you download the ebook. So you have the digital file. So that's my thing. So are we really buying when we press buy on the app, on the music platform, especially if it doesn't download to our, you know, to whatever device you're using? I don't know. I mean, so many things that I know that I've bought, music, movies, and stuff like that, I've never actually tried to download it. But then again, I think that's what, like I keep saying, that's what it get us because we never actually spend the time to read the fine line. And that's where I get crazy because if I call them and and then I'm like, okay, I know I paid for this. I know I bought this. And you're telling me, like, I want to talk to whoever's the CEO and I know that I'm not going to get that person, but I went, I'm going to go ballistic because I want my money back. Like <laughs> give me my money back because I know I bought it and I paid for it. And for some reason, which is always convenient, they always have short memories. They always like, Oh, we have no, no record of this anymore. We can't access this anymore. Um, we, we can't find the purchase. We know you purchased it. I can see you purchase it, but for some reason, because you're no longer with the company, we can't log into this. And it's like, there's always an excuse for, for them not, I guess, following through with their own promises and all of that. And if I'm not mistaken, I think there was an article that, um, we had like where I think that talk about how, um, like. I think Apple got into uh, into that also. Apple's always getting into that. Gotta love them. They they are known for that because they the whole idea of buying it's like they got into trouble with the court about the fact that they claiming you are buying or instead of maybe instead of saying buying buying certain things or music they should say subscribing. Um, so probably in the future, that's what they're going to come up. But it's just that in California, somebody ended up calling Apple into like, you know, they had a lawsuit about the fact that they saying like Apple music is like, you know, you're buying an Apple music when in reality, you're not necessarily, you're not buying an Apple music, you're more subscribing. Um, so things like that, little things like that. I think that sometimes they get you in the terms and we don't pay attention um and even when you think about um the whole sharing community um like there's that article um, we were um reading called millennials um generation of car sharing or whatever and it was talking about how uber bought this whole sharing community with the whole um uber pool um to be honest that was not my favorite Uber selection. I mean, I've used it most of the time because it was cheap. But the entire ride, I'm like, I'm hoping somebody is not gonna stop the car and like wanna go the same direction that I am. And I get it. The whole, like I have friends who, when they do Uber pool, they're like, you be having, I be having some great conversations in the car and they feel like it's a way of building community. But sometimes I just want to be in the car 
and just go from point A to point B. Like, I don't want to talk to anybody. Well, maybe I want to say hi to my driver because I want to be nice. But sometimes I don't want to talk to anybody else. I just, it, I might be having a good, a bad day. Then maybe Uberpool shouldn't be for me. But listen, Uberpool is very cheap. And it was convenient and cheap. And I'm going to get where I'm going at a cheaper price. Now, because of COVID, there's no more Uberpool. So, which is okay. <laughs> it's not great, but it's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll accept that. But um, I don't know if millennials are really a generation that loves to share. I felt like that was an overgeneralization because I don't like to share. I don't want to have bunkmate. I don't want to have roommate. Like Because... It acts for a lot. I get it. There's a financial reason. People feel like, um, okay, if we share, then I'm going to save money and I'm going to be able to do this in the future. That's great. Anybody who wants to do those things, that's kudos to them. But personally, my own personal experience, I don't want to share. There are too much at cost. My, my, my self-preservation, my sanity is way more expensive than any other financial reason. And for me to share with somebody would mean that I have to look after you. You have to stay clean. The place has to stay neat. And that's too much babysitting. I mean, I'm just going to put that out there. It's just like, I can't afford to do that. I'm going to save all that energy for when I have kids so that I can look after them because they're going to be my roommate for like 18 years or maybe 21 then after that, they got to go. Even my kids, they got to go. After 21, you need to find yourself your own place because I'm going to make sure I teach my kids to be that independent enough for them to leave the house at 21 because I just realized throughout growing up, I just don't like the whole, like there are a lot of benefits to it, don't get me wrong, but my generation, I felt like, as much as we are, we share things, some of us do share things. I think that also millennials are very resourceful and independent at the same time. I feel like there's a lot of things that the generation before didn't get to do that this generation gets started to do, right? Um, and even on the whole sharing thing, maybe the fact that it was also around millennials that you had Airbnb came out, like, you know, People feel like, well, I'm going to sleep on that person's couch. So therefore, we're going to start Airbnb and then we just can have like you can start your apartment, have a room and then you get money out of it. I don't think it's about sharing. I think it's more about financial freedom. A lot of people do certain things not because they want to share, but because they get to build um, how you say it? like um, financial yeah financial freedom they get to build independence when it comes economic independence like they get to make sure that they're not only relying on their day-to-day jobs there's other things that are bringing different income and I think that that's what millennials get to do more than saying that we are a sharing economy well as far as the lawsuit I just thought it was very interesting because in reality, it was they're suing Apple because Apple is stopping them from having access to, I think it was like over 25K 
of things they purchased on the, and now they no longer have their iPod ID or access to all the stuff they bought. They bought. So I think it's like more than one um, person. So I thought that was actually very interesting because I'm thinking like, wait, I can't imagine spending $25,000 and then somebody tells me one day that for whatever reason, I can no longer have those things. Can you imagine uh, wherever you got your laptop, they come one day and say, well, you did purchase this laptop, but we're just going to come and repossess it because we no longer think you're fit for to own this product. And I'm just like, wow, that's even funny. Because even if you think about it, remember when Microsoft Word, like the Microsoft Suite used to actually be a disk? And now you subscribe. So it's not even permanently on your laptop anymore. It was, yeah, because I was like, oh my God, like, because my old laptop actually has Microsoft Word, permanent Microsoft Word office. I don't get if it's 2000 and whatever it is. But this one is like, oh, if you want Microsoft Word, you need to subscribe every year. So now you can't even own it. And I feel like it's it's kind of like how you're always saying it's part of like capitalism. Obviously, it's like, okay, we have to keep making new way of revenue, but we're going to put it under the guise of you guys just like to share. And actuality, like you said, no, not necessarily we like to share. It's a lot of people have to share because of their finances. Like nobody wants a strange, nobody wants a stranger just living in their house. But people do that. They don't want to live with a total stranger. Like, you know, um, they say they rent an apartment and you you pay your rent and then your room, the you don't get to pick who you live with. It's the landlord who does. I don't know. I just think that at the end of this all, we, the people, don't necessarily benefit. And one of my last questions that I had was that, you know how people tend to keep things around like sentimental values? I'm wondering how like that will affect it. Like, oh, I'm going to keep this around. But now that you have access, like, you know, maybe if I put like 50,000 DVDs, like, oh, I'm going to just keep this DVD for sentimental values. Well, we don't buy DVDs anymore and CDs. So the access thing, how do you think that's going to affect people and keeping things as far as sentimental value? Um, some people, some people still do. They still take, they still keep things around for them. Like, you know, and, and that's where collection, um, collection comes like, yeah, collectors, like they like, oh, this thing's been here for so long. Um, we they like, it's been so long that we haven't seen a CD. So therefore we should collect that. It's like, like, you know, at some point in the future, I'm sure a, a DVD will look like a rare thing that you haven't seen in hundreds of years. So maybe it's going to be important then. How are people going to collect stamps in the future? 
Why you be surprised? Is it going to be like digital? That's actually so funny. I just thought about well, that. Maybe not. Like, I mean, trust me, whoever's going to invent something in the future, they will figure out a way to make it look like it's, it's, um, you know, it's, I don't even know. Like, even when you think about this whole, this whole idea that they show you there's going to be a technology of phone that's just going to be in your, on your, on your forearms. Where it's like you look at your arm and then the phone start ringing on your skin, like it's like it's like a hologram or whatever it is. It's like when I think about that, I'm like, if that ever happens in the future, this is gonna be crazy. We're gonna look like regular phone the same way we look at rotary phones now. Like you know the, the, oh my god, those phones used to be amazing. You put your fingers in one hole and you turn it around and it looks like you have that kind of sound that keeps going. I used to love those phones. More than I like yeah, the other ones. Anybody like, who's young listening to this is like, what is she talking about? <laughs> Google it. <laughs> I'll be like, Google it, because you know, it was it, it used to be a good experience. Like I used to sit there by the phone and just roll it and then just so that I can hear that song when I'm calling somebody. And I used to think I was the person when I was to call my little friends and in, in primary school when I had those one at home. But um, it's like, I mean, I get it. There's a time for everything. And whether it's for stamps, whether it's for phones, whether it's for cast, like, you know, radio, VHR, VHS, um, cassettes and stuff like that, all these things seems far away. But at that time, it just was, um, it just was the thing for them. I don't remember. I feel like I was watching a movie last night. Was that last night? I don't remember. And somebody in, I, I can't even remember what movie. Somebody was talking about how in that period of time, I think it was, at, I want to say the 90s or the 70s. And they're like, oh, this is the future. And then they like, you know, they have v- VHS. And then I'm like, wow, like unbelievable. Like, can you imagine people at that time thinking that the 90s was the future? And then, 90s people thinking that 2021 is like the future and I'm like well it is. Always think, no, but we always make it such a when we think that far we're like oh my god it's like mind-blowing the future and then when you look back at it now you're like wow well, it, it, they like there are so many movies that shows you that it's gonna be flying car by 2021 and we still we're not even close to that but I mean, maybe we are, we don't know, but we're not even close to that. But like, when I think about it, it's like, there's, there are so many things that we probably thought that was going to happen in the future that hasn't happened yet, or maybe they're in the works, or there are things that we probably thought that was a big deal. I think that people in the seventies and in the eighties should have been like, wait till you get to 2021, then you're going to see how it looks like the future looks like i mean music now because if you think about it like i think millennials had the best generation or the best generation we literally went through everything i just think that like you know with time like things will definitely change and get different and priorities gonna be different like maybe we are moving in the maybe we are moving in a with a generation that does think that owning stuff is not as important as it used to be. I think that long time ago, the American dream used to be like, you know, you have to own a house, own a car and have white 
picket fence. And it's just like now, not that it's not the same, but it's just a different way of seeing it. It's just like owning a house is just different. Um, it could still be a priority for some, but it might not be a priority for others because it does comes with liabilities and also responsibilities. Thank you for listening to this episode of Journey of ANR. We hope that you enjoyed this episode and we would love to hear your, your comment about your own experience with ownership and also, um, you know, subscription and access. And what are your thoughts? You can check us on Instagram. Our new Instagram is Journey of ANR, just one word, Journey of ANR. And also, it's the same on Twitter, Journey of ANR. Don't forget to like our posts and also uh, leave a comment on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts as well um, to let us know what you think about this episode. Bye. Laters.